But what is that big benefit of, of paying a coach, you would say? It's a cheat code to success. You need someone who has the proper skill set and mindset and experience that can help you avoid certain things and get mm-hmm. to the results you're really looking for faster. So I think for me, that was that's what you get in coaching. It's a cheat code. You're paying for a cheat code. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a What's up? What's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast. And I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy. And we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. What's up, what's up, my FY Fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to the FY Fly podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas. AKA the kid that did and the man that can, baby. And today, we're gonna be chopping it up with business coach, business builder, and podcaster, Miss Angel Jones. How are you? How are you? <laughs> oh man, I am doing fantastic. I'm so grateful to be with you right now. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you. You know, we uh, originally linked up in Miami for the podcast conference. So it's only right I have you on the podcast, right? <laughs> oh, I know, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. And and I was at a, you know, David Shan Social Proof podcast. But now we on FYI Fly and what we like to do, we like to skip the fluff and get right into the good stuff. How that sound? Oh man, that sounds great. I'm the same way. <laughs> I already know it. So, I think my my first question for you, I would want to know like were you always entrepreneurial minded or was there a turning point in your life where you were like, "Okay, I'm not working for nobody else. I'm going to do this thing on my own. Like, talk to us about that. Man, it's so interesting because I definitely was your favorite employee. I did not see entrepreneurship in my future at all. I just Mm -hmm. loved coming in early, leaving late and really being led and motivated by helping my, my bosses accomplish their business mission. So I was just fueled by, you know, a mission and vision that was bigger than me and helping them bring it to life. And the turning point was when I really just realized that I had the same skill set that my bosses had and mm-hmm. none of the equity in the businesses that I was helping to grow. So when that light bulb came on, I said, yeah, this is when I knew I'm, I'm entrepreneurship is for me. So what were those skills? Because you mentioned those skill sets that, you know, you said you had the same as your bosses. Mm-hmm. What are some of those? What are some of those skill sets that make a successful entrepreneur, a successful business person? So some skills that I credit to not only my success, but to the successes of my previous bosses and employers were simple, like discipline, commitment, Mm -hmm. being coachable, being able to stay focused and having a vision for Mm -hmm. solving a large problem for many people. Those are the skills Mm -hmm. I'm referring to. Got you. Got you. So even speaking of some of the people that you help, you know, create their businesses and you know scale their businesses, what would you say are like some of the common mistakes, common, you know, pieces that they've stumbled on while trying to start their own businesses? So I'm going to say I'm going to give three for myself, too. Okay, so break it down, break it down. for me, one of the things that one of the mistakes I made was not having a standard for my clients. So now I'm very selective of who I work with when before I work with anybody who had the money to pay me. So that was one mistake. And then another mistake I would say 
was not having a proper hiring process. So like Mm -hmm. hiring without a proper process in place for the team members. I just hired who I liked instead of hiring for what I like to call CWC, right? Can do the job, want to do the job and have the capacity to do the job. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of what I teach I teach it to my clients because I've already failed for them. Like, you don't have to go down that road. I made the mistakes for you. So, you know, here we are. And then the last one I would say is, I would say not investing completely in coaching sooner would be the last one. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I wonder how far I would be if I just invested earlier in coaching. So I'm right there. And I said, I'm right there with you because this is my third year in business and I just bought a coach earlier in, I think it was in February. And with this third year of business for me, literally everything mm-hmm. took off in April of this year. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, the speaking engagements, the book, everything is just kind of compounded from all of the efforts that I've been doing since 2020. And I feel like it was, you know, that compounding of the efforts, but it was also this was my first year paying a coach. Mm-hmm. So I paid that coach and that coach helped me get Savannah State. And after I got Savannah State, I got you know good footage and everything of me speaking. And I used that footage to send out to other schools. Mm-hmm. So then when I got that, other schools started booking and things just started rocking and rolling from there. So what do you believe, you know, by paying that coach, what what is that big result? What is that big benefit of, of paying a coach, you would say? Well, for me, I always say it's a cheat code to success. You're paying for time because like Mm -hmm. the same reason why my clients pay me, they're paying me so they don't make the same mistakes I made. So they can avoid a lot of the potholes so they can have some additional insight. You know, I can get them to a result or outcome they want sooner than they would without me. And that's what you're essentially paying for. You're paying for saving more money and saving more time. Because you need someone who have the proper skill set and mindset and experience that can help you not avoid certain things and get mm-hmm. to the results you're really looking for faster. So I think for me, that was that's what you get in coaching. It's a cheat code. You're paying for a cheat code. So when do you think you should tap in with a coach? Like in the beginning, do you think you should have some motion and some momentum going and then get a coach? When do you think is the best time to do that? So... I believe that you need three people from the very beginning if you want to pursue entrepreneurship. These three people always say are necessary for all ambitious business owners. First, and this isn't in chronological order because these are all equally important people. You need your business coach, you need your accountant, and you need your therapist. Okay. Break break those three, those very important roles down for us. Yes. So... Your business coach, of course, we just discussed where it's a cheat code due to the actual skill set you need to Mm -hmm. take your business to the next level. Right. And then your your accountant, you need your accountant so they can help you make better business decisions because your business is going to consistently evolve. But you make business decisions based on data not on how you feel. And a lot of times as business owners, we make decisions in our business based on how we feel. We feel like this is trending, so we should post a video about it. We feel like we need to be on a new platform because it's hot right now. We feel like we need to hire this assistant because we're overwhelmed. But you go to your accountant and you ask your accountant, do we have enough marketing dollars for this type of marketing strategy to be implemented? Do we have enough in our budget for 
overhead to hire this new person, yeah. right? So I feel like your accountant will really help you cross the T's and dot the I's in your business to help you avoid not being in business in the next 12 months or 24 months, right? And the last person is your therapist. The therapist. I said, we need get that. We ain't get that. Especially, right, especially the therapist. You don't, you don't hear a lot of people, you know, recommending therapy and therapists. So I would love to hear why you said therapy as well. Yes. Well, you know, I'm I'm coining the phrase, get your boss BBL. I'm big on um, your boss BBL. And that stands for balance, boundaries, and limitations. As a business owner who uh, operates at a high level, you need to ensure that you have your boss BBL and your therapist will help you with that because your therapist will help you with expanding your mental capacity for the different types and different levels of decisions you're going to have to make as a CEO now, because uh -huh. we have some traumas. We have experiences that we necessarily haven't addressed. And I always say, if you don't address your trauma, your trauma will address you and it never comes at a convenient time. So you need to make sure that you have your therapist so your therapist can help you to maintain your boss BBL, understanding your trauma, your triggers, and knowing how to react and respond, and your business doesn't miss a beat because you have the skills and the knowledge and the tools necessary because of your therapist to help you maneuver through it as you're growing your business. Okay. I'm, I can't just pass up the boss <laughs> BBL. I ain't never <laughs> heard of that before. So, so go back, break that down again for us, the, specifically the boss BBL. Like, what is that again? Yeah. So it's an, I love my acronyms. Okay. We got MVP. <laughs> we have, <laughs> uh, and now we have your boss BBL. So your BBL is balance, mm -hmm. boundaries, and limitations. So okay. as an entrepreneur, of course, that's just one hat that we wear, but we're also parents. Oftentimes we're also mm -hmm. children. Our parents, you know, we have to take care of them. We're friends, we're colleagues, yeah. we're cousins. So as we do all the things and we're all of the hats, we need to make sure we have some balance. If you're all working, no play, that's not healthy. You're going to find mm -hmm. yourself struggling with burnout, depression, stress, anxiety, and that won't be able, that won't be able, you won't be able to maintain a level of just, a, you won't be able to sustain yourself as mm -hmm. you are yeah, because if you 50%, how are you going to give 100 in your business? Exactly. If you can't mm -hmm. call, if you can't truly maneuver through all of the things that's going on in your in your personal life. So, I mean, and, and we've been there. I mean, I always say we all have a story. We all have mm -hmm. had some type of challenge, some type of struggle that we have had to overcome. And it never happened. It, the business doesn't care how you feel. So just because right. you just got your heart broken, you still have to serve your customers. Just because yeah. you, you know, did not have financial discipline and you may be struggling financially in debt, your business doesn't care, right? You still yeah. have to show up. You still have to serve. You still have to present yourself as that CEO and operate as such. So mm -hmm. that's what I mean by balance. You need to make sure you have that balance and then boundaries, not just with yourself and your friends, but you need to have boundaries with your customers. So, okay. you know... Especially in the to, shout out to my coaches and consultants. A lot of us, our customers become our friends. You know, we speak with them consistently. We talk to them. We get personal because as you are working with others, you be you develop this relationship, and they think it's okay to call you sometimes at midnight, right? They think it's okay to 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 send you this email and you didn't respond within a certain time frame that they felt was necessary, and and it's an issue. So you need to make sure you set healthy boundaries with yourself your friends, your colleagues, and your customers. So boundary setting. I'm sorry. How do you do that without being like rude? 
if, if that makes sense. I always say it's not it's not about what you say, it's how you say it and when you say it. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you are working with and, and this is gonna be a good segue for the five things you have to master as a high level CEO. So like the first thing is self-awareness, right? You got to be aware of yourself and how you learn best and how you're motivated best, what environments work best for you, what are your strengths, what are some areas you still need additional growth in. You need to be aware of you because that you, that version of you is the you that's going to show up in every meeting, every boardroom, every event, every conference, every engagement with your customers and your staff. Then the second thing you have to master is decision making. So you need to be decisive on how you're going to solve every single problem, put out every single fire in your business and in your personal life. So a lot of times when we talked about analysis paralysis, where you are, you know, thinking and and, and, you, and you're wondering about how you can do th- something, but you have to be more intentional on being decisive and following through on what you decide until it's completed. And then the third thing we have to master is understanding other people. So as we're working with, Clients, staff members, you know, these are all human beings and we have to be strategic. And to your point about how to do this, we have to understand human behavior. We have to understand how to read communication cues and how to understand how to create a mutually beneficial relationship with others so we can move the business forward. That's um, all about right there. Mutually. I told I, I was speaking at FMU at Florida Memorial and I told them. Everything, honestly, everything in life, but really everything in business has to be a win-win for the other person that you're dealing with. Like if you mm-hmm. if you can make every situation a win-win, you will end up getting everything that you want, in my opinion. And then some, because you have to you have to enter into every relationship with the mindset of how can I add more value instead of what can I get from this, right? Yeah. And when you enter into relationships like that. You can never lose. And even our relationship, when we first met, it was all about how can we connect and collaborate in a way that would be mutually beneficial? How can I help you? Let's connect, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about mutual beneficial and, and leading with how can I help instead of what can I gain? So the fourth one is getting and keeping a competitive edge. So you have to master how to separate yourself in your market to where your target clients feel like they know you, like you, and trust you and your brand to be the mm-hmm. only person they're going to go to for the problem that you're an expert in solving. So that's on you as a CEO to mm-hmm. master how to do that in the most effective and efficient way. And, and then I call, I call that leverage. I call that having hey. leverage in every situation. You want to have the leverage. You want to. You want. You don't want to be the person to have the most to lose. You know what I mean. You want to have <laughs> some leverage. Right. At the end of the day. (laughs) Yes, that is so true. You need that leverage. But a lot of times that's done with our marketing. So, Mm -hmm. and when people see you and they see your brand and they see your value, they have to truly believe like, oh man, I love them. I like them. I love what they do. They can solve my problem. And then the best at solving it. That's your job as a CEO to make sure it happens, right? That's the mindset that your target customers have. And then the last thing that you have to master as a high level CEO is growth and accountability. So Mm -hmm. we have to consistently be growing and holding ourselves accountable for not just our business growth, but also our lack of business growth, because Mm -hmm. that is all on us. Yeah, 100 percent. And I I really thank you for breaking it down like that, because all of those characteristics and those keys that you gave, you can apply them to 
your personal life. You can apply them to business. You can apply it to, as you mentioned, when you were an employee, you can apply them to the job that you're working at. So just really lock in with some of those skills that she mentioned. And I promise you, you will see, you know, those big habits and big changes over time. This is FYI Fly, a show about money, entrepreneurship and investing. So can you give us a good money habit that you have, but but also a bad money habit that you have that we can cut off? Man, I think I had to eliminate my bad money habits. Okay, what, what, what was uh, that completely. last one that you had then? Let's, let's be keep it so, completely authentic with us. Give it the th- last one was not having not having a place for my money to go. So not having okay. so I believe that that money is is currency and it flows like a current and it should be flowing. But my money wasn't mm-hmm. flowing; it was sitting. So gotcha. my money habit that I had to let go of was to have a place for my money to go and work for me because I was mm-hmm. tired of working for my money. So I needed my money to work. And so my money habit I had to let go of was giving my money a place to go work. Well, not have, I guess I should say not having a place for my money to go work. That's mm-hmm. what I had to stop. That's my financial habit I had to stop. The one I started was implementing financial discipline. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't have financial discipline, right? So I, and I'm going to give you guys a, a, a tip. I, I always recommend Profit First book by Mike. Mm-hmm. So I hope I'm saying that correctly, but... That book has really changed how I do business. It changed how I really view financial literacy and how I manage my finances. So being a a positive habit that I have is to break my money up into different buckets and then have a job for each bucket. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So I've done that as well um, through my personal budget. So I I have a budget written down on my Excel was, was it Google Sheets. I have it written down on Google Sheets. But then I also put it into a budgeting app as well. So I think that's important to have those buckets so you can know that your money is working intentionally towards something because you tell somebody, hey, save your money, save your money. But if you don't tell somebody or if they don't have like a real reason, they're not going to do it. So I think I think that's a great, great piece of advice. And I want to I want to ask you one more one more money question because we can't have you on here and not ask our famous final question. I'm going to say two quotes, and I need you to let me know which one is more accurate in your opinion. All right? Okay. All right, bet. So the first one is more money, more problems like Biggie. And the <laughs> second one is money can't buy happiness. Which one do you agree with the most? So, of course, I agree with more money, more problems is more accurate. You say, of um, course. All right, why is that? Because I believe money does buy happiness. Okay. Money doesn't buy joy, though. So, like, happiness comes with ease of living with a softer, like what we consider in culture now, soft living, you know, more options, more opportunities, right? Because you have the income, you have the money to purchase things that you wouldn't otherwise. But joy comes from things that money cannot buy, like time making positive memories with those that you never want to forget, right? Yeah. So, or sometimes money doesn't even buy help. So it's like, some things money can buy, but money can't mm-hmm. buy joy. But you can get happy with the more money. Trust me. I, I've, I, I, like I told you, I didn't come from money. So once I got money, man, I'm happy. It's not a day that I'm not happy. Like so, I'm happy every day. So why do you say more money, more problems? Though why do you feel like that's more accurate? Because and the reason I say more money, more problems is more accurate is because as you make more money, you have a different level of problems that arise now. My problems mm. and Oprah Winfrey's problems are two different problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
So that's what I mean by more money, more problems. You have the same problems. You, I mean, you have problems whether you are at, 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 at you making a hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand or millions and billions. However, mm-hmm. your level of problems become different, and that's when that's why I associate more money, more problems. I wouldn't say more problems. I would say different level of problems because gotcha. problems are at both levels. More money, different problems. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That make that make that makes sense though. Because I feel like, like you said, taxes is, is higher. You know, once mm-hmm. you're making more money, you got more people. Instead of, you know, when you didn't have money, you were reaching out to others for money. But now that you do now, got money, people, people reaching reach out, out to you. <laughs> yeah. And you have to decide, like, you know, man, who's getting this money and how much of, of it are they going to get? And, you know, so mm-hmm. that's what I mean by more money, more problems. Got to have that. Got to have that perspective. Got to have that perspective. Thank you so much, Angel, for joining the FY Fly podcast. If you have any final words, any final takeaways, go ahead and also let them know where to reach you. Of course. So my final takeaway, or I would say my final thing I want the listeners to hear and understand is do not wait to get started. Do the work now. You don't have to wait for another dollar, another time, because if you continue waiting and putting off the problem you're supposed to solve for the people you're supposed to solve it for, you're doing the world a disservice. You have a special yeah. gift, talent, and skill set to make this world a better place with your business. And do not wait to make it happen. Just get started. Do it broke. Do it scared. Do it nervous. Just do it. And Nike did not sponsor this, but <laughs> you know I play Tell all day. Um, and you can reach me on, on Instagram at Angelisha J, on Facebook at Angelisha Jones, and LinkedIn at Angelisha Jones. And Golden Angel Management is my business development firm. And we are your golden angel. It's your dot golden dot angel on all platforms. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And for all my listeners, definitely, definitely tap in. I know we talked about a lot here today, but if you can get two or three things, two or three gems that you can implement today, and start doing those small habits, I promise it will be large results over time. So again, (laughs) thank you so much, Angel. And for all our listeners, you already know, stay safe, stay invested, and stay FYI Fly. We'll see you next week. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you all for listening to FYI Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's F-Y-I-F-L-I Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly.